a Hilesha Uktron Strandmark, a Vani Bundan Bender is Iana Ushle, a Guinea Cor, Korja Iliok, Erangetal Shias, Gambuikas, Sailor Uktron Germania, as a Fakli Kotanaka, a Kirsha Osmakor, Osmakor Van Kiris Eta your Excellency, President Steinmeier, as Mrs. Bundenbender, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, may I say, uh, first of all, to the President, I want to thank him most warmly uh, for that uh, speech. I noted your early prefatory remarks for you speak about my intimate relationship with the public in Ireland. I only... Uh, it's very interesting, uh, uh, in a way. I sometimes think about this myself. Uh, is it a perception that uh, uh, they can be affectionate now because I am no longer dangerous? Uh, uh, and is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Uh, uh, but I have to say it is one of the great advantages, of one of the most extraordinary experiences of being President of Ireland is the conversations that I've been able to have with different elements of the Irish public over the last seven years. But I want to thank you, President, for your, not just your warm words this evening, but for the very for in issuing me the invitation to Sabina and I uh, to visit Germany and the German people and to say what pleasure it has given me and uh, what pleasure it is with the wonderful experience we've had in this first day of those who travel with me. I am accompanied by the Tarnished the Deputy Prime Minister of Ireland, Minister of Foreign Affairs and Trade, Simon Coveney, Chuck Tadalo, with whom you, whom you know already, and a number of senior officials from the Irish government. This first day uh, has been a, a, a busy but wonderful day. I've had a very valuable, my, our, both of our meetings this morning were immensely valuable to me, and I think to my meetings with Chancellor Merkel, with Governor Mary Berlin, and my meeting with, with, with um, the President of the Bundestag, President Schauble, have been very, very useful, informative and pleasant. Ireland and Germany are bound together through long historical, cultural and economic ties that through our shared membership of the European Union uh, have been deepened. And these enduring ties are important to both of us enable us to understand and share what we envisage as a European Union of cohesion, imagination and a shared prosperity for all our people. I've been very struck during this day at the extraordinary welcome that there has been for intellectual ideas. Because at some distance in recent times in the European Union, I felt that the European Union was selling its short, self short by neglecting its rich intellectual tradition. And as somebody as a university teacher for a long number of years, it would be impossible to teach the subjects of political science, social science, or of, uh, of, of philosophy without acknowledging the contribution of German scholarship. And it has sometimes struck me in the debates in, in, in the, on the European Union why is it that we speak of differences often over very things that I would regard as important but not necessarily the most essential differences and to neglect this work of scholarship from that great, great original question, what might we know, 
how might we might live, what can we change, what can we understand. And most recently I had been paying tribute to the new scholarship of people who delighted that Dr. Hartman Rose says here, who he knows I am an admirer of his new work on uh, the, the whole uh, uh, new uh, uh, sociology of awareness and sensitivity and sensibility, which is going to be a major, major contribution in my view. Will you make reference, President, to our connections? And indeed, there are many great names in our past and present. Uh, they stretch back more than a thousand years and down to the present day. They are part of the rich material through which we have come to know each other. Heinrich Boll came to know us Irish in the 1950s, and we in turn responded to his affectionate portrayal of Ireland in the 1950s and those many trips he took with his family uh, from Dublin to Westport. Also, I think as well, we've had a, a, an eclectic set of connections. Uh, I think that, for example, that we have been very useful at uh, sending not just only the important, the important Irish people abroad, but also we have been contributing some of the most eclectic figures. We might have begun uh, with Killian, patron saint of Franconia, who came from Cavan in the 7th century. But George Friedrich Handel premiered his Messiah in Dublin in 1742. And then the colourful and controversial Lola Montes, the Sligo woman, dancer and king's mistress, caused mayhem in the Bavarian court in the 1840s. The writer, pacifist and first lady of Munich, Annette Kolb, her a 1912 novel, The Specimen, was partly set in Ireland. And then we are, friends of both Sabine and mine, is the sculptor Imogen Stewart, Berlin-born but based in Ireland since 1951, and whose work has become an integral part of our island's built environment. I've already mentioned Heinrich Bohl, you know, the Nobel Laureate of 1972, whose wonderful, wonderful books... And I think that they had an insightful view of the eccentricities of the Irish people. I think there, then there is Elizabeth Shaw, the Irish woman whose children's classic, The Small Scared Hare, published in 1962, was beloved bedtime reading by children in the former East Germany. I think today we're reminded, as I mention all of this, and we're reminded by the wonderful interchange that has taken place. Philip King is here, who and others, but so representative of a wonderful tradition of exchanges along the cultural sphere. And today, during the day, I've encountered many people who spoke about the importance of our economic relationships and trade relationships, but they, are, they do not exclude, if you like, what we may do and what we have done <coughs> and what we have yet to achieve in relation to culture. But I must say, listening to your speech, President, as well, I was encouraged, and I have to say that uh, encouraged as to hearing at the highest level and from such an authoritative figure in these matters that intellectual ideas still matter. The worst thing could happen to our European Union in the future <clears throat> is that we would sink into some kind of uh, anti-intellectualism or some form of narrow pragmatism that wasn't able to draw, if you like, on the importance of the ideas that I have mentioned, uh, uh, mentioned earlier. 2019 is, of course, the 90th anniversary of the Irish-German diplomatic relations. 
Those diplomatic relations over nine decades had been strong, become stronger and deeper with each passing year. And while we may speak a, a, a different language, we share values and principles which allow us to speak with a resonance and respect, not only on the fundamentals we agree, but on the nuanced differences that we may equally discuss in pursuit of those. We stand together as active and proud members of the European Union. And I know that not just the Irish government, but the Irish people, and I myself want to thank you for yet again indicating this profound solidarity of the German people with us in not just our present circumstances, but in relation to how we will face the future together. I warmly reciprocate that. I think you made reference earlier this evening in your speech to the United Kingdom's decision to leave the European Union. And you made, I think you referred to my return the visit to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II uh, to Ireland when I visited as the first Irish president to do so, uh, returning that visit. That warmth of relationships, that determination, as Anna Arendt would say, not to let any event of the past disable us from what we might experience in the present and, most importantly, imagine as to our future relationship, still stands. That warm relationship will continue past present difficulties. But it is important, and it is very important to us, uh, to know that in relation to the principle of sustaining our peace agreement to the principle of wanting a European Union in which we can participate fully, that we have such strong support. So therefore, I just mention this issue because it would be inappropriate, as you have indeed referred, to either avoid it or evade a reference to it. But the European Union solidarity and that has been indicated by our fellow member states has been very important to us at this difficult moment. I think too Staying together in Europe, continuing to defend, maintain, improve and promote the core values on which the Union is founded, democracy, cohesion, shared prospects, human rights and the rule of law are all very, very important. I sometimes in my speeches recently about the European Union refer to the Vententene Accord, those brave people, Rossi and Spinelli and others, who in a moment looked out and thought of what a Europe free of war forever would be like. And a Europe free of war forever must, in fact, be a Europe that is expressed positively into European harmony and in peace. And in harmony, too, with the different issues of nature and the artefact, something that, as I've suggested, is putting together, and I will speak in Leipzig, about putting together the requirements of a new model, set of models that will combine ecology and ethics and environment and, uh, and economy. Economia, and getting beyond economia to be able to pursue it in a social way. Our shared commitment to the United Nations is something that we both treasure together. We support multilateralism. We very much are concerned at the lack of support for the multilateral institutions, indeed the withdrawal of support, the underfunding of the multilateral institutions. And I very much look forward to us working together both in these European issues, in these bilateral issues, and in these, on these global issues. And of course, as you correctly stress in, your, in, in what you have just said, are working together to achieve cohesion within and between the member states of the European Union is so important. And it, 
if achieved, it would of course offer an exemplary, uh, a, a great example to, to, the global, to the global communities, as showing that there was a country with these values, that there was a union with these values to which you have referred and to which I have referred was one that was now saying we will give leadership in responding to climate change and sustainability, but also in relation to the other decencies of life, in relation to the security, being able, as indeed I referred to the work earlier, to be able to make it possible for all of our citizens to have a resonance with the world that offers them fulfilment uh, in every sense. And this is the new scholarship, and this is where the young people want us to go. And that's why it's such a pleasure to be able to speak about this here in Germany. We share together a belief in protecting the vulnerable. In reality, a serious union is a union of vulnerabilities as well as of capacities. In the essential nature of human rights, in the peaceful resolution of conflict. And our great, great, great German scholar, Jürgen Habermas, a deliberative democracy of a communicative order in which everyone can participate and in the need to build, indeed, a better world. The desire to be part of the effort for a better world that you referred to in my speech is shared by the young people of both our countries. They seek to be part of the solution to the many conflicts and challenges in our crisis-stricken globe to experience hope, a path forward. And one of the great things I can report from Ireland is that one of our great advantages is of not having intergenerational conflict. Our young people want our older people to have lives of dignity and security and social protection. Our older people want a world and a European Union that offers promise and hope and fulfilment and that is inclusive to be able to take the world, to be able not to be consumed by the world, not to limit oneself to consuming the world, but to be able to resonate the world in its complexity and in its beauty. Of these challenges and crises that we face that I have mentioned, I know that Germany has taken steps so early on to address issues of climate change since the 1980s, starting with your participation in the international negotiations of the Montreal Protocol. And just two weeks ago, the Irish government launched its own comprehensive whole of government climate action plan to take tackle climate breakdown, demonstrating Ireland's commitment to, on tackling the climate crisis. And while the European Union has imposed binding emissions targets for 2020 and 2030 on all its member states, I think we are now moving, I suggest, to, to, we need to go further in Europe and plan for the full decarbonisation of our economies by 2050, encouraging the rest of the world to follow suit and urging in the strongest possible terms those who have not signed the Paris Accord on climate change are indeed those, unfortunately, such as the USA, who have decided to exit from the agreement to really reconsider their decision in the interests of our common humanity. A radical shift to a new economic paradigm in a decarbonised world, an eco-social political economy perspective, is required to achieve, I suggest, what we have agreed as principles, to give the authentic ring to language through action. And in dealing with socio-economic consequences, I do think it's very important, uh, looking at those consequences of climate change, we must be conscious for the need, of the need for a just transition for workers and communities to ensure that we are all part of a sustainable low-carbon economy and benefit from decent and green jobs. 
in Ireland and Germany. This will mean that those impacted by the closure of unsustainable, for example, electricity generation stations must be offered reskilling opportunities to enable them to find suitable jobs in other areas, such as the green economy, or opportunities with sustainable incomes in other parts of society. And it is important as well to realise the complexity of managing the transition and rather to present a programme that will include adequate transition. I think as well in relation to skills, skills are the new currency of the coming decades. And it will be an issue to realise as well the person who carries their skills are their, their personal property, which is a different definition of skills from seeing it as simply an enhancement of the labour market to be for the benefit of others. We will be challenged in all of this. I know that you recently celebrated the 70th anniversary of that great document, Your Basic Law, a constitution grounded in respect for human dignity and the inviolability and inalienability of human rights. I want to salute your continued adherence to and celebration of a constitution which, to quote its preamble, takes its inspiration from, I quote, the determination to promote world peace as an equal partner in a united Europe. President Steinmeier, I want to acknowledge the crucial role that you have played yourself in fostering a continuing commitment to multilateralism and the peaceful resolution of conflict. As Foreign Minister, you worked actively towards a vision of a better world. And as President, I know you have placed a high priority on understanding and highlighting our values as European. I want to acknowledge your contribution as both a philosophical thinker and as a politician to the ongoing debate on the changing world order and to the importance of values in international relations and cohesion in society. Your contribution of a normative kind is such a contrast to those who would pursue a diplomatic issues through a theory of narrow interests. The normative moment has come again for humanity and you have made a great contribution. At a time when core values are under threat, Ireland and Germany stand together, side by side, in defence of these shared values and our way of life. And I am pleased that during this visit, I will have an opportunity of extending and deepening our connection with Germany. I will have engagements in four different German states. I know that in Berlin, I am only seeing a <coughs> one rich aspect of the diversity of this country. And it's a particular honour tomorrow that I will travel to Saxony, the first Irish president to do so in an official capacity. Indeed, the first Irish president to officially visit any part of former East Germany outside of Berlin. It gives me great pleasure. It will be my third time in Leipzig tomorrow, first as an academic, secondly as a politician, and now for the first time as president. And then I will go on and visit Frankfurt. And as I have said already, no one, in fact, could teach the social sciences without acknowledging that extraordinary contribution of the Frankfurt School. This visit will be an opportunity for me to reflect on those Leipzig pro protests of 30 years ago and the enormous achievement that is the process of German reunification. We in Ireland understood then and understand still so well the removal of borders and the challenges and complexity of overcoming old divisions. This is a task which does not end, and there is much we can continue to learn from one another as we pursue the establishment of the ethics of memory and the use of the ethics of memory in such a way as again quoting Arendt. We may in fact allow nothing in any way in the past to disable us 
from our capacity in the present or enjoying, if you like, imaginative futures. And that, in the end of the day, in all of that long work, I thank you, President, as well, for vindicating my belief in the importance of intellectual work and of the engaged intellectual and of our responsibility, those of us who have given the privilege of being able to look at these issues in, the, in, in, in a general way. We owe it to humanity to participate equally with all of our citizens in seeking to define this future for all humanity. And this evening, as we celebrate our existing links, I hope that my visit will be the start of an ever more diverse, ever stronger, ever growing Irish German relationship. And thus, celebrating all that we have been sharing and all that we will share in friendship and ever closer relations, assisted by this visit, may I now invite you all, distinguished guests, to stand and join me in a toast to the good health of President Steinmeier and Mrs. Bontenpender, to the happiness and prosperity of the people of Germany, to the continuing friendship and affection between our peoples. Slanchuan, prost, gorebmila mahake galer, barbana.